Welcome back to the Matt and Mates podcast, the season finale for 2023. Bittersweet times for us all, I know, but I need to have a short break over the Christmas period to recharge the batteries and get the show set for a big 2024. This year has been filled with challenges, but one thing I have looked forward to is working on this podcast and getting to do this with you all that happen to tune in, whether it's weekly or time to time. It's been a super fun ride so far, and I cannot wait to bring even more content next year. Like I say each week, it would be a big help if you could share the podcast with as many people as you can, and I tell you what, if you can share this pod with 10 friends and show me they have followed and subscribed on the podcast app of their choice and socials, I will send some shelter beers your way. Believe me, you'll Definitely want more of these beers after trying them, so please get sharing, people. To finish off my first season, I sat down with one of my longest-serving friends of 20 years to be exact, Jai Tanner. Jai is such a legend. He is a man that spreads joy, but he has also had his fair share of mental health challenges. Jai goes into detail about his boyhood dream was to become an AFL player, but years of setbacks caused that dream to fade further away until eventually it would never happen. He really opens up about the demons he had before, during and after all of this and how he's been managing to deal with the outcome years later. I honestly feel there are a lot of others just like Jai that had the same or similar dream and unfortunately it never turned out the way they wanted, which is exactly why sharing his story will let others know they aren't alone. And also, if you listen all the way through, you'll find out an exciting announcement Jai mentions right at the end, so please be sure to listen all the way. Yet another awesome chat, which I hope you can all enjoy. Have a safe and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all. For the final time this season, but not the last time, I love you all. One, two, three, four. G'day and welcome to the Matt and Mates podcast. Join me as we share some stories from some old and new mates. Jai Tanner, JT, whatever other names we used to call you. White Mamba, Jay Easy, Jay Breezy, McDear, Car, um, Hot Dogs, yeah, S God Leader, S God Creator. Um, How's that going? It's got, mate, forever, forever. You know, that's that's for life. Real um, SGODs, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. I regret this already. Uh, thanks, Ace, for doing this today, man. It's sick to get you in. One of my longtime friends. 20 years? Yeah, 20 years this year. 20 years. 20 years this year, yeah. Tw- Do you know, I I don't know if you actually remember it, your first day of school, how we actually met back in year four. Uh, I don't because I had, you came two days late, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. You came two days late, but yeah. the boys told me what had happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. so I was already <laughs> bottom of the totem pole right there. <laughs> Do you want to just... Yeah, I'll, I'll explain it. Um, so my first few years in Geraldton were a bit rough because I was asked it. My first day of school, I was asked to introduce myself to the class and I'm a very shy person. So um, I got about three words into the into introducing myself and I just started crying. Um, <laughs> the teacher asked one of the kids to take me out for a little bit of a drink. But uh, yeah, from that for the next couple of years, pretty much till year seven, it was pretty. It was pretty tough for me. I reckon. I mean, it's okay to cry now. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. I'm holding back tears now. Yeah, so, I so. Holding. it's um, it's kind of fucked up when you think about that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? How old were we then? What? Ten years old? Nine years old? Yeah. And you're brand new to the whole to that town, that yeah. school. A week in, yeah. Oh, by the way, this is the new guy. Just go up in front of the class. And just tell everyone about you. Yeah. You don't know anyone yeah. in this place I know. Like, about your life, why you're here, and you're just going like, fuck this. I know. Yeah, I know. Help me out a little no bit, No one please. wants to even, like, the amount of people that don't do public speaking when they're older versus when you're a kid. Oh, Jesus I do. Christ. Man, yeah, I see it now at school. It's like, it's just, I even remember in year 12, it was hard for me to say a speech I made to the class that everyone had to do. Oh. So it's like, yeah, just, it's so overwhelming I'd, for me in year four. Like, I do a lot of it. Well, we had to do a lot of it at uni anyway. And, I mean, working in the industry I have, I've had to sort of do some speeches in front of a lot of, like, of my peers and that. But at the same time, as confident as I am, you still freak out. Like, the anxiety is still high. Yeah. It's not until you're actually in it 
and then it guts over and you're like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Absolutely. But the build up to it, fuck, no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> man, yeah, 100%. Like, it It just, I remember actually in year 12 as well, um, just Josh Duff. Um, I'll never forget this. Just when I was saying that speech, she was just giving me pointers as I was trying to <laughs> look out and be confident, but just being an absolute wreck. And I'll never forget that because it actually helped me a lot in that yeah. thing. And it's helped me a lot going forward even just in my job now just being a bit confident and stuff like that so yeah it's 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 a lot it's a lot um and you could practice it a lot of times but oh, you always yeah. it depends every situation is different you know yeah 100 all right so that's basically how we know each other 20 plus years of friendship uh 2b amazing race buddies 2b amazing race buddy yeah, winners that's been in the uh oh, the winners part so i forgot about that yeah that's been in the work since we were about 11 years old so <laughs> actually i've got a bit of a gripe to to pull with you on oh, that no, because no. um a couple potties ago you you said what is your goals for the future and your fur you didn't even I would imagine if someone asked that to me, I wouldn't even be able. They wouldn't even be able to finish their sentence, and I'd be saying winning the amazing race with Matt Wood. But you didn't even mention the amazing race, so it's like, do I even want to be your amazing race party at, uh, partner at this time? Because I mean, if you want to win, <laughs> yeah, true. But I feel like I'm putting See, in a lot more may, than maybe you. I was trying to just put it on the back burner to be like, I don't want people to have to think that, like, know that we're going to. Oh so yeah, okay. You're probably pushing too hard, whereas I'm sort of holding it back that okay. little bit, you know. And we don't want to come off as threats, you know. We yeah, don't, we exactly. don't. Yeah, okay. We don't okay. want to be like assholes. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> Anyway, we could probably go on about this for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but let's get into it, shall we? So, obviously, I like to start off with a simple question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he hasn't thought about it. I have not thought great. about this. So, let's go into it. So, if you could go back to any time in history, witness it with your own eyes, what would it be? Take your time. Maybe hurry it up a little. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, honestly, I'm going to be the most boring answer here. Um, I'm not going to go to anything anything really historic in life or you know in what's happened in history but going to co- seeing Kobe Bryant's last game would be something I want to see so uh, he got 80 he got 60 60 60 which is still incredible and yeah just the the whole thing about that man the atmosphere was mental but Kobe Bryant's just someone I've looked oh, I will always look up to and I will never look up to anyone more than I <clears throat> do Kobe Bryant just his mentality and stuff like that um, and I just remember being at home, going off my nut with every basket he was hitting with the crowd. So I just imagined being there, you know, seeing Jay-Z and Sha- Shaquille O'Neal and stuff like that going off their nut as well. <clears throat> that would have been just, yeah, I, that would be the best moment of my life. I would even top seeing Dom Shade kick the goal. Um, really? Yeah, it would. Uh, in 2018? 2018. Um, tw- the 06 grand final, he would top that, I, I reckon, just... Yeah, a sport. I mean, I wasn't a big NBA fan. Or I, I like I, I like NBA. I just don't watch a lot of it. But that was probably one of the only games I've actually sat down and watched properly because mm-hmm. I was just was like, well, the joke going is you being such a big Kobe fan. We always used to make a bit of fun of you. <laughs> like, he never likes to pass the ball, which was fitting because you never actually did ever pass the ball. <laughs> and so uh, it makes sense that that was your moment. So thank you for sharing uh, no, that. Yeah. Some insight. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so let's go into it about you a little bit, get a bit of a background. So just tell us about where you're originally from. I'm from Perth. So yeah, grew up in Perth until I was 10 years old. Had a, just a small, it was just basically my friends, it was just me and two other guys really. So we had a really close friendship group and then yeah, dad got a job. I was getting a job somewhere else. It was between Geraldton and Ravensthorpe and thank God, we did not go to Ravensthorpe. Where's Ravensthorpe? It's sat down south. It's like it's like four or five hours down south. It's just you know, basically a real small town, okay, um, real yeah. cold. It's like the opposite of what I want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so we end up going to Gelton, and uh, yeah, that's where that's where it all started. So, but Perth's always been my home. I've always wanted to get back to Perth. And yeah, I never really considered Geraldton a home. This is just more of a destination, destination. as a child, yeah. Destination, get out of there as soon as I'm 18. Um, <laughs> like most people. Really. Like, like most people. We, we do love it though, whoever from Jerry's listening. <laughs> yeah. I do, yeah, I, man, I, find it, I do find it a bit funny. Um, no offense to the Geraldton people, but the people that 
do want to stay in Geraldton and that don't go out and travel and stuff like that. Like they just are witnessing such a small part of the world. <laughs> I just, I don't know why you would not want to explore yeah. more. Not that you have to move away, but no. just like just to just to make Geraldton your life or to make any small town your life. It's just I find that a I think bit that's funny. More um, comfort zone based. Yeah, you know, just a lot of people just want to stay in their locations because it's comfortable to them. And then the moment they go to step or think about stepping foot out of it, they go, oh, Jesus, like anxiety goes up, stress goes up. So mm. yeah, it's, that's a tough one, but I, I feel that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do. And I don't get that. Like why well, fix what's not broken, but yeah, you got to experience you don't want to the world, with regrets and just go, I wish I had a travel oh, out or leave somewhere else for six months or even that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just man, Jelton. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's a whole other point. Though. Yeah. We'll keep going. So, Tom and Jero, obviously, got to meet us. We became good friends. Yes. Loved your time there, yep. obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, any, like, big, fond memories from it that stands out a lot over your time there? Because you were there, moved there when you were 10. What year did you move? end up moving back to Perth? I uh, moved back to Perth uh, in 2012. So, as soon as I finished, or actually at the end of 2011. So, as soon as I finished year 12, I moved back. Um, and then I moved back to Perth. And then I had to move back to Geraldton towards the end of 23rd or halfway through 2012 sorry because i had an injury i was down here to play football and i couldn't support myself so i went back up to Geraldton for another year or for the rest of the that year and then came back down yeah to in 2013 stayed for two years went back up in 2015 um and someone it, that doesn't love it as much yeah, as I know, yeah i know far out um it's like an ex that can't get away eh? but yeah and then um, went to came back down in 2017, so never going back to Chelton. Yeah, <laughs> touch wood. Just going back on to your time in Jarrow, any sort of like fond memories? Oh, yeah, honestly, all the times we would go to the foreshore, me, you, Buddha, Cav, anyone else who wanted to tag along, just playing on the rock groin, rock groin and getting smashed by the waves, oh, going up the pipe, dude. Like, I there's just the start. End of year 10, year 11, year 12, like we were really just out and about, I reckon. We were in the town pretty much every single day, yeah. like really independent. and Driving you know, our scooters. Driving our little, little <laughs> beast, say, Fabio, RIP. But, yeah, I just that was a good good memories just hanging with you boys. Um, yeah. That it, was, um, when we think about it, that pipe. That, what was it, like a big rainwater pipe? Yeah, that we used storm to just, drain pipe, yeah. Yeah, and it just led to the ocean and we just thought, oh, you know, it'd be fun just walking through it. And like there's that many just, is it just like barnacles? barnacles. Oh, man. <laughs> the big waves would come in and then you'd be, not be able to breathe and you're just slicing your hands. Like you look back at that going, what were we doing? <laughs> oh, man, like, yeah, coming out there with half a layer of skin on you. Oh. It's just like far out. What were we doing? And man. then when we, went, when we went to the other pipe and that was just going pretty much into sewage <laughs> like <laughs> what were we doing then oh my god man but those are the times you know just every saturday night when we would have a couple of people stay over each other's house you know yeah, like definitely me definitely not have a few drinks or anything like that no we wouldn't do that you know we wouldn't yeah we wouldn't drink jack jack daniels and stuff like that but um yeah no i just yeah playing the way at your house yeah just yeah, hanging just with your boys, man. just those small small things that stick out yeah, yeah. No, nothing like obviously my my sporting achievements as well and just my sport and sport in general i really appreciate but yeah i was i probably didn't appreciate jelton as much as i sh should have or could have because i was so focused on getting back to perth yeah. so just you boys and thank god you came because yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone's down here now which yeah, is good it's good to have sort of all, all the mates the school schoolboy mates all back in the same place again i know awesome or kind of, cool. oh, kind of, yeah, within range. Within range, yeah, it's yeah. not four hours, four and a half hours anymore. Yeah, exactly. The uh, you just touched on it before, but like you mentioned, you score sporting achievements. That was something that you're really proud of. Yes. Now, I was lucky enough to play footy growing up, and you're actually a big part of the reason why I started playing footy. A lot of you guys started playing in the Oz Kick League, I remember, real young, and then just kept going into your juniors from there. I didn't actually start until I was 12, mm. and you got me down to railways at the time. Good team, that was. Yep, great and team. And I remember that was like, I was nervous as hell, but it was just awesome to be playing alongside you, and then I got to meet all these other boys. Great fun, like awesome first year of footy. And then you just went, decided, 
No, not for me anymore. And then you went to another team. <laughs> yeah, I left you hanging, eh? I left you hanging. No, you should have came with me. Um, but yeah, no, that was a... And you picked up footy so quickly, eh? You actually, like, I guess you're a natural athlete, but... Yeah, keep going with it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you just picked it up so quickly. Um, but yeah, I remember I left railways because our first couple of trainings, all we're doing was running laps and doing the yeah. dumbest drills. And it's because, not because of the coach, it's because how our players were acting. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm just not doing this. We'll split into two railways teams as it was. We're the shit team. Yeah. We've we got a bunch of pl- people who don't give a fuck, sorry for swearing, but a bunch of people who don't give a stuff about actually playing football. Football was my life. I wanted to make AFL since I was four mm. years old. I'm not here to run laps. I'm not here to do your your bloody punishments. So, yeah, uh, going to Rovers was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Literally the best thing I ever did. Well, I mean, I ended up staying at Railways that year and I think our average losing, losing margin was about 120 week in, week out. I think the closest we ever got was a 90-point loss. Yeah. And we actually led in the first quarter. I, I remember that one. Oh, no <laughs> that way. Huge, what? That was a huge deal. We ended up... I was ready to sing the song at the end. <laughs> oh, my God. But, as um, you would be. Yeah, that's where I decided, you know what? I, I did the year with them and I went, the point of me playing footy isn't... Because I, I didn't really ever think I was going to play AFL or anything like that. It was just more play, playing with my mates. And doing that year with them, I went, oh, nah, just... It's not for me. So I went, well, should I just follow suit when play with your Rovers? And then, yeah, again, that was probably one of the best decisions because not only did I get to play footy with you again, and we had some pretty awesome moments, yeah. I remember. Oh, good. But yeah. just, again, meeting new people and then being in an actual winning side, like a really dominant side, yeah. that was cool. Shame I wasn't a part of any of the flag teams. <laughs> Came close a few times but never actually got all the way. But yeah, that's, that's yeah. where the footy sort of came into it. Yeah, we, we should have won 2014, but Josh Simpson, Fremantle, Dockers legend, just tore us apart yeah. by himself. I'll never forget that. I remember wow. him kicking a snap from 50 as a 14-year-old. What are you doing, mate? What are you doing? Are you on steroids or something? So, And we had the great Jack Martin in our team. We had the freaking Malcolm Blight proclaimed best 18-year-old he's ever seen on our team, and Josh Simpson still tore us apart. It was yeah. It was sad. We had a lot of good people like that at Rovers. Yeah, it's such a really, really good community there. Obviously, footy, big part of your life, like you mentioned. You always wanted to go far with it. It was a massive passion. I will say, even like watching and getting to play alongside you, you were probably one of the most dominant players in our late, in our age group. Wow, yeah. Even watching you just do your thing. I think there's even a video of you like getting the ball on the wing and <sighs> running past like six different people nailing a goal out of it. Oh, I love that, mate. I'll have that forever. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do have one memory on the footy field with you was uh, when I was at Rovers, I remember I got to play forward one game. We weren't versing a very strong team. And you had – I was I was playing full forward, uh, small forward. I don't know what it was. But you just steamed out of the centre square, probably about to kick this awesome goal from like 40 out. And then all of a sudden you've like lowered your eyes and just kicked me. <laughs> and I'm about 20 out, like – I haven't done much this game. You've probably done all the work. And I've gone, oh, cool. Here we go, my shot. And I've ended up nailing the goal, just going, that was nice of you. <laughs> Thanks for looking out for me. I've been playing back for the last three quarters, but it's good to sort of nail oh, in the last. Far out. No, I don't remember that. I, I don't remember that. Sorry, that one sticks clear with me. But... The, the one that I remember is you just running through the the, the points with it or kicking it. <laughs> <laughs> this episode isn't about me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, it was a big part of my life. And like I said, going to Rovers was the best thing I ever did. Playing with like the talent we had down there, Trevor, Trevor's the best player. I've, I think Trevor, Trevor Parfit, yeah. better than Jack. In, I'd take Ooh. Trevor Parfit prime under 14. Honestly, this dude was a magician. It was just freaky over, I mean, they're just as good as each other, but personally, I got a bit of a preference for Trevor Parfit. He was just a beast, man. And honestly, he wouldn't make AFL without a shoulder. But yeah, just the talent there and just knowing where you stand with the best players. And then even Jack Martin, where you stand with someone who's definitely making AFL. Like, it's just a good bar to have. A lot of people probably don't have. So I never really considered myself the best player ever. And I never will, but... The, yeah, just the amount of players on either side of our age group, above and younger, it was just good to set the bar and know where you're at. 
I felt like our age group was probably lacking just a little bit compared to the one above and one mm. below. But yeah, it was so good to have to have that. Just like and I don't know if I should be saying this, but I used to have like Jack Martin used to be like a rival to me, not a bad rival, like a, a good rival, like someone you you want to just be better than because he was uh, this is a bit deep, but he was always getting the praises which he deserved. He was a freak. He was always better than me, but I always I wanted to get to the AFL right. So if this dude's always getting noticed, how am I ever going to get noticed, mm, right? Yeah. How am I ever going to make my name if this dude's always always taking it? So I used to, you know, I never always was the best teammate to Jack. Loved Jack. He absolutely loved Jack. Never did anything wrong to him. But I always looked at him as like someone I need to be better at, better than at. That's probably how the best players even played the game. They looked at um, the other players as they were trying to always match themselves. So they tried to get to their level and looked at them as a rival to potentially exactly. be better or be as good, if not better, than them. So that makes sense in a way that you're trying to show that how can you be better than him you've got to look at him as a rival to match him yeah. and outdo him at the same time exactly even though he was in our team at the same time yeah, which exactly. would have made it a lot more difficult exactly and it's not like i wouldn't pass him the ball or anything he was obviously the best player on our team so but yeah healthy competition is such and a good thing to better yourself at so like yeah i I just really like having the talent at Rovers, which we didn't get to have at Railways because our teams were split into bad and good teams mm. and being able to set the bar. And like I said, I never thought I was the best player, but it was just good to measure up against the others. Yeah, you'll never admit it, but a lot of people would be on my side in that one. Footy being a big part of your life, obviously you'd spent your time in Jero, you'd nailed your juniors. So the next goal was going to be, all right, I want to go play get into the waffle, go play there to try and make your name and try to get into the AFL system from there. Was that sort of the next steps for you? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I always felt like I was a bit behind the eight ball in terms of having my name be a possibility of drafted. There was always like a few players ahead of me, um, and rightfully so, that had, you know, priority of like getting to East Romantle, midfield minutes, et cetera, et cetera. So I was always a bit behind the eight ball, but yeah, 20, 2011, 2010, 2011, I really knew getting to Eastern Mountain was a huge possibility and I could see it. I started just working, working really hard, going to the gym almost every day. I wasn't training. And then, yeah, by the end of school, I actually got to train um, with Eastern Mountain the year I moved down to Perth, the year before I moved down to Perth. I got to do a pre-season with them and they actually – tried to get me a scholarship at Aquinas but it was so yeah but it was like five days until the school year started that they actually started to talk about that and I don't think anything ever ever eventuated but I was super hopeful that that was going to happen because I was always just wanting to get to Perth I felt like Jolton was never a proper avenue to get to to get to the AFL especially when I'm so far behind everyone you only get a few people out of Jolton they get their yeah. eyes on so i felt like getting to perth more people i'll be able to get my better eyes on so i was always trying to get to perth year 11 i was thinking i was trying to i was trying to get down here year to year 12 i was thinking maybe i could play football down here um on the weekends just take the bus every every freaking weekend like everything i did was just focused on how could i get to the next level how how could i get to the afl so yeah getting got down to uh after a Couple of pre- after a pre-season with East Romantle, got to come here the next season, and uh, I got about oh, there was just a lot of lot of crap going on, a lot of crap. Politics? Uh, no, not politics. It was injuries with myself. Oh, Sorry, okay. let me be a bit clear about that. Um, I had a back injury, had um, bulging disc sitting my on sitting on my sciatica nerve diagnosed in year 10 i had another bulging disc in my neck so i was getting a bit of back pain and the the rigorous training was hard on the body but on my first training i actually got really bad blisters like this sounds so dumb but i got such bad blisters that i couldn't wear shoes so i didn't train in shoes for the first three weeks i got a bit of a nickname jerry down there for it but yeah, it was actually cool because I got I got good. I got to stand out a little bit because I was like such a nobody there. So yeah. that was a good thing, sort of. I got to stand out a little bit, and then 
towards the end of that, my back was really playing up. I was seeing the physio and stuff like that, getting scans. And then we went to on break. I was in Bali and I was getting huge groin pain. I ended up getting OP as well. So my groin was so bad. I couldn't even walk the streets in Bali. Like it was, it was so, so wow, bad. Really? Yeah. I, and we were in there for Christmas. I just remember, I, I remember I couldn't even walk from the hotel to Dunkin' Donuts, which, which was like 150 meters away. It was so bad. Got back when we came back after the break, I was pretty much ruled out until round 18 that year for the season. So that was a huge blow to me. That was a huge blow to me because I was 18 already. And back then, there wasn't many... You were getting drafted at 18, maybe 19. Mm, you weren't yeah. getting drafted at 21. You weren't getting... Mature age recruits weren't a thing then. They're, yeah, they're very, very rare. Like They're still pretty rare now, but they're so rare back then. So I knew I was against I was against against time trying to do that. So being ruled out for a whole year as soon as I got down there, that just really really shot me mentally. I had to move back up to Geraldton, like I said, because I couldn't support myself because I didn't have a job, couldn't train, and there's no point in me down being down here doing nothing. So I moved back up to Geraldton for the last six months of that year. Came back down the following preseason to give it another go. We got a new coach, which I was pretty excited for because. This new coach just was hidden everything I liked. Former AFL player, played for the Saints, played for Footscray. Um, our assistant coaches were freaking awesome as well. Just everything about the the coaches at that time was awesome. And then, yeah, did pre-season. Remember absolutely killing that pre-season again the first four weeks. I started, we did long-distance time trials to start off with. I was about, when we first got there, I was about middle of the pack I was about middle of the pack, maybe towards the end of the pack in those in those time trials, but I knew fitness was the biggest part of getting to the AFL. So I worked my fucking ass off, get to the top, and the session before the break, we did three trials again, and I got eighth, sixth, and second in those trials. The jump that I had made in my fitness just in the four weeks, just working my ass off, like doing 3K time trials on my day off training, going for runs on my days of training like I really worked my body I really really killed my body then again by the end of the uh, came back from the break my back was so bad couldn't move went back to the physios ruled out again until round 12 oh dude so first season and a half there no games haven't been able to train more than four weeks consecutively I'm almost 20 at this stage my my um my chances of making the AFL are very, very slim. Yeah. Was that... Because obviously, like you said before, you found out the first injury, you had to move back home. If you... Can you sort of recount what that feeling was like moving away from Perth, going back there, knowing that... the first, Or the first instance, knowing that the AFL dream might be closing down because you had to move back home, you're away from all your friends here... You're with your family still there. Do you sort of like have any, remember any thoughts you used to get through coming through your mind at that stage? The first time, I, I didn't really. I was actually almost, it sounds a bit crazy now that I'm thinking about it, but I wasn't too sad about having to come back to Geraldton. Yep. I guess just because I knew there's nothing I could actually do. Yeah. But yeah, the I was just, I was so focused, man. I, I knew I had the two, I knew I had the, um, the knowledge on how to get to the AFL. I just needed to be able to put it in place. You needed the body to be right for I, it. I needed the body to be right for it. And so the first time I was like, all right, 18, you know, that's not so bad anyway. 19, I, I, I can I can still make it at 19. So the first time wasn't too bad. But during the second year, I saw seven or yeah, six different types of doctors. I saw pain specialists. Oh I saw sports doctor. At 19. At 19. Like I'm trying to get my back right because i'm trying to do everything to get this right because I, I i'd done core exercise my physio gave me core exercises to do and acupuncture to do for 12 months none of that had worked if i have to do another core exercise in my life i'll just lose it so then we tried every other avenue of other doctors so yeah we saw like the, the west coast eagles doctor at that time we saw the best 
uh, back specialists in Perth at that time. Um, we saw pain specialists at that time, um, just all these different doctors to try and get it right, all these different treatments. Just wasn't working. Mm. Just just wasn't working. And, yeah, the, the season had ended. The new, new preseason had started. I still had not even trained at one session. You were 20 at this point? I was 20 at this yep. point. So I'd just gone through my second season now of not having one session, not being able to train at all. And now I'm really worried that my dream's gone. Yeah. I'm, I'm super worried that my dream's gone. What sort of like thoughts go through your head at that stage? I'm just, just like, I've always had mental health struggles. <laughs> I was diagnosed with depression when I was 15. Many people probably don't know that. But um, yeah, so like my mentality there was really, really shot. I was in a bad, a bad way. Very anxious, very depressed. As you would know, I barely even saw you boys around that time, and that's just because mentally, I just I didn't want to say I just wanted to be secluded. I wanted to be away yeah. from everyone, get my body right, get back into it. So yeah, that was very very tough mentally. And then yes, so pre my start of the third third season is starting, and again getting no sessions in, and I'm getting a bit angry at this point. Like I'm doing the same thing over and over, and. Where actually, I'm actually at the reserves level at this stage now. So this my second season down at East Romano, I was in the reserves and league section, whereas my first section, first season, I was in the Colts. Yeah. So I'm around a lot of guys older, a lot of former AFL players, guys who I just really looked up to as footballers, and they don't even know who I am because I'm secluded in the gym doing rehab yep. exercises. Not allowed. To, I'm not even allowed to kick the ball at this stage. They, my, I wasn't allowed to clear. I wasn't cleared to kick a ball for my whole second year. I wasn't cleared to kick a ball, and it, it just sucked, man. Coming into training every single time, knowing no one knows me, knowing no one, people are probably thinking, "What the hell is this person doing here?" Yeah. You know, like seriously, what is this person doing here? He just comes here, does lift weights and stuff like that, and then and then nothing. And that was so hard, man. That was so so hard eventually i just ended up leaving sessions a bit early like just smashing out my rehab and just leaving because like it was just so embarrassing standing at the back of the pack not getting talked to by anyone did it just feel as if when you were going into the, your sessions now you were just going through the motions oh yeah definitely you're like we're doing it because in your head you're like i need to do it yeah oh man like yeah i'm going into these rehab sessions just like actually just really pissed off just like this isn't going to help me. I I was at the point where I, was, I need surgery. I've seen yeah. six different doctors. Nothing's working. I've done rehab exercises for two and a half or two years at this point. I need surgery. No one's given me surgery. I'm too young to do it. Everyone's too worried about me being too young for it. So, yeah, I've gone into these rehab exercises just hating it as well. It's just a bad combination. Feeling super embarrassed going to the club feeling really depressed going to the club about the situation and then hating what I'm having, having to do because I feel like it's not doing anything and I had done nothing for the last two years. So it's just like a, a big mesh of yeah. hatred. You didn't quite know where to start and what, what to sort of... what You didn't really know what the future was going to hold at this stage. I didn't. I always had a... I was in, enrolled in uni at this stage, so I had a backup plan of being a teacher. I... I actually wanted, I actually set that out ages ago to be a teacher because I knew you could train with teacher hours. So like yeah. I, my job, even my job of being a teacher revolved around me making the AFL and stuff like that. That's how focused I was getting there. And then, yeah, by the start of year three, still doing these exercises. And I'm just at the point where at like now, this is my last year to actually do it because it's going to take 18 months for me to actually get to my best anyway. Yeah. You know, I've just had two years of football. There's no chance I'm even going to be at my best. I need a whole season under my belt to get there. So I actually signed up for a team outside of the East Mountain division and played for them so they knew I wouldn't play football just so I could try and push through the pain, just get my fitness up, just like try and do something. Um, and just get that touch of the ball back and um, made made four games back couldn't hold up your body just fell apart body fell apart and this is you know this is not even waffle this is amateur c grade oh, football man. my body my body can't even hold up at this stage and mentally i was done mentally i was in the worst spot <clears throat> i'd have ever been in and yeah, that's I'm, I'd move, end up moving back up to Geelong not too long after after I had to quit from yeah. the Quins Bulls because 
yeah, that was my footy. My footy career was done. Do you um do you remember like a moment that was sort of when you're when you realised that it wasn't gonna be that way? Yeah, oh, dude, I'll, I'll never forget this one. Just came back from this really highly regarded doctor. I forgot exactly what he was, but but he was so high, highly regarded in, in Australia. Yep. And he, we went there a few times, and after a couple of times, he said he actually can't do anything for me. Um, he has to, he just can't do anything for me. It's just I have to give up football or, you know, just deal with it. And I remember getting back to my house with mum because mum didn't live with me mum was in Geraldton at this stage so she was taking me to all these doctors appointments and stuff coming from Geraldton to do it and yeah getting in my room leaning up against the wall and just breaking down like just just for 10 minutes full on sobbing because I was like I, I it's over bro it's over so and I've, I've actually never told anyone that so it's a bit <laughs> you see it now so yeah so that was very very tough um and I actually remember my last session at East Romano. I I did, actually didn't even tell anyone I left, so I just left and moved back to Geraldton from East Romano because I was too embarrassed to say I got to go because I was I was a nobody at yeah. that stage. And yeah, so they probably just like all of a sudden, where the hell is this guy gone? Or the the few people who did know me, like the rehab boss, the physio, the coach, because the coach was really good to me and um. He said oh, I could be, he could tell me how to learn how to coach, yeah. be in the coach's box and stuff. But yeah, so that was so tough. I'm not, I'll never forget that. Yeah, man, that's thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, sorry. Really appreciate it. Like that would not be easy to. Nah, not it, be easy to sort of sink in. Nah, oh nah, especially when you've worked your whole life. Yeah, right? Like from yeah. four years old, I wanted to be an AFL footballer. I've, and people want to. People want to make sports. People want to do stuff, but to actually like full on end up dedicating your whole life to it, yeah, um, that's where the difference is. And I fully dedicated my whole life to it, yeah, hundred um, percent. And where my whole life revolved around it. So yeah, it was uh, all in on the poker table, and I freaking got busted, mate. Didn't happen to win. Didn't happen yeah. to win. Got busted. It was um, tough pill to swallow. The thing I think the toughest thing about it was I was. I didn't even know if I could make it. So, like, I don't even know now if I could make AFL. Most, or I, if I could have made AFL. Most likely, I wasn't going to make it. But just the fact that I did all this work for 20 years, got to the last checkpoint to make AFL, I'm actually got a chance in a say in what I do now, if I make AFL or not. Yep. And I, I don't even get that opportunity. I'm. It's like, that's the thing that hurts me the yeah. most. It's like, if I, if I was told I wasn't good enough, Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. That's at least I'm, at least I know. This I never know. But instead, your body just sort of said to you, "Guess we'll never know." Really. Guess we'll never know. Yeah. yeah. And that's the toughest thing to swallow, man. I don't even know what to relate it to. Maybe, mm. like, not getting closure from an ex or something like that. Yeah. Um. Just like, yeah, I don't get any closure. I'm left wondering my whole life. You know, like, and that that's the tough. That was the toughest pill to swallow. That man, was the toughest yeah. pill to swallow. Oh, man, I can't even imagine it. Like, mm. I mean. Yeah, Thank no, you we you've been through similar, man. Yeah, uh, it's. I think the difference was mine was, like, obviously I wanted cricket was the big thing for me, and a couple of knee injuries young when I was younger, with just like no guidance with my rehab and that. I I definitely, if I look back at it now, if I actually did all the rehab properly and stayed committed, I reckon yeah I would have been there, but or being, being a better chance of it. But I think for me, as I got older, my passion sort of left. Yeah. Um, like injuries played part and then, you know, you start to go, oh, I've got to focus on a career now. I've got to focus on this. And slowly that that dive I had with my sport, my chosen sport of cricket, just went away because I started to miss training sessions to work. I started to miss training sessions for uni. And yeah. Yeah, slowly but steadily... I, and I started making excuses like I would back when I was a kid I would stay at training right to the end. I, now that I, when I was older I went oh I might leave a little bit early so I don't have to say goodbye to everyone. Yeah. And yeah it was it, it's sort of similar to I guess not very similar in a sense of I had it taken away from me like you did. I think for me it was more as my passion left I looked at it as I just never I'll never know if I can if I fully committed myself where I would have got but. 
at the end of the day, like it probably from where, where my mind was, I just wasn't mentally strong enough. And that's the difference between me and someone that's actually made it. Mm. They had that mental uh, ability to be able to drive themselves there. And for me, I just sort of lost it from a young age. Wow. Yeah. But to be fair, like you, 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 your building block where you're actually starting to make that path to the next step was taken away from you. Like you take away those two knee injuries at that time in mm. your life, you know, that's that's when I excelled at football. Yeah. Maybe that's when you you're I don't know. It's just tough. Yeah. And that's another battle. Like, that's another battle with me. Like, people like you. You know, you you're a trooper, mate. You're a trooper. You've you're taking that on the chin. It's taken me ten years to just deal with it. You know, just deal with it. And I still battle every single day. And that's a and that's the battle I have with myself. It's like, all right, dude, just hurry up and get over it. You know, you you know, just move on, move on. And then I look at the people around me, like you, and it's just like, wait, just just be like them. So it's I wouldn't battle. say I'm over it. I definitely would have my moments where I'll sort of sit back and I'll see people like um, like when I've got my chance to play down at Willerton uh, Cricket Club. As a young kid down there, he's just actually made his debut for Australia in the 2020 side. And I look at him going, that's so great to see. But then I also sit back going, that there there was that that could have been me. Yeah, that, that could have been me. And that sort of just sits in your mind for a bit. And as much as I like, I'd like to say I've sort of moved away from it, you're still going to have those moments of where you go, what if? What if I had to put that effort in there? But I think um, something that really stands out to me is a quote that I – I think I've already quoted on this podcast before is it's all right to have a dream. Like you can always have your dream for you or just footy. For me, it was playing cricket, but always know with that dream, it may not go the way you thought it will, Yeah. but it may go down another avenue. Yeah. And if you're happy with where that goes, if that takes you to the places that you then can say, I'm living and having a really fulfilled life. Awesome. Because then you know you've sort of found your next passion from there. So I think that's sort of where I'm at. Like, yes, yeah, sure, I have my moments of you sit back and you just go, what if I'd done that? What if I'd done this? But knowing that now I'm on a path of going, all right, that didn't quite work out. What's next in store for me? And now I found my next drive and I'm putting a lot of time and effort into this. And then that's opening up doors in other places as well. And I feel like that's just, that's where I'm at yeah. in, in my sort of path. And that's a great attitude to have, yeah. And I wish I was, uh, so I mean, it's good to have an all-or-nothing attitude when you when you want to go. But at the same time, yeah, I really wish I drilled it into myself more that this isn't the be-all or end-all. This is just a part of your life. And mm. if it doesn't work out, so be it, mate. Like, it takes luck to even get there. Even if I was healthy, it would take so much luck to even get there. So many people, you know. So, yeah, I, to- I totally, I totally... Um, yeah get that well look at um andrew stokes yeah exactly Stokesy, another guest on the potty he uh the guy he had the exact same attitude as you like afl was his be all and all and didn't go his way but now he's found his next passion which was playing college football over in america and having the time of his life from what i say so it's it's yeah it's just about having that trying to broaden your horizons basically yeah don't be so closed off on the one pathway. Know that there are going to be other paths to take. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's probably the hardest mental battle. And oh, sure. definitely, definitely takes time, I'll tell you. Man. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. And like, I, I still don't really, I've never, nothing else has had the same passion as football for me. So like, it's it's hard, like I find different avenues, but like I, I want to find something that I'm just as passionate about as I was with football and I just haven't found that yet. So that's also another little tricky thing about yeah. growing up, I think. It's oh, just... Oh, man. No one warns you about this shit, do no one, no one warns you, mate. Like, come on. It's not all freaking flowers and roses out here. But yeah, just... So that's where I'm at now, just yeah. trying to try different things, like just really, really make the 30s my, my decade. Make just it your time. Yeah. See, see, where, see where it takes me, man. Yeah. That's good. That's good to hear. I guess like after all of that's taken into account, like footy didn't go the way you wanted, you're trying to find yourself, there's still like you never really had that closure. What's sort of the path that you end up going through at this point? Is it just sort of just continue with your teaching side? What was your next drive from that point? Um, well, I was just 
I'm, when I moved back to Geraldton, I was just a mess, man. Like, even before I moved back to Geraldton, I was a huge mess. Just, yeah, just giving a... Cut, cutting off a lot of friendships from Geraldton. Like, I'm so grateful to have you, Cavo and Buddha, still in my life. Some other people that I wish I still had in my life that I basically just gave the middle finger to because I was in such a bad place back then. So, yeah, I'd, it, I'd really, like... I think the job for me was just to try and be happy, you know, just try try and just enjoy enjoy something because I wasn't finding much enjoyment back there. Teaching I really I I really like and I ended up getting an EA job a, a year a couple of years after I moved back up in Gelton and it was so awesome, so awesome like yeah. the reward the rewarding <clears throat> feeling you got from helping these special needs kids, especially at such a young age is just out of control so that's something that really helped me but um yeah the main thing i just focused on was just trying to be happy each day like it that's it's a weird thing but that's that's what i wanted because i hadn't been happy for a long time yeah and i feel like that uh that type of role too because the people you're working with although like life for them is a lot different to life for us yeah and yet they're finding all the happiness in the world. So it would just sort of be like you watching these guys go, how have you, you, you have so little, but you're so happy. Like, oh, why man. can't I have that? Yeah. Oh man, there's this, yeah, there's this kid called Ben. He probably actually listened to this podcast. Shout out to you, Ben, you're a legend. But um, <clears throat> yeah, Ben, just absolutely, some of the kids, man, just so happy. And you can't just help but smile when you're around them yeah. and how they appreciate life and how, you know, narrow-minded they are and you know which is a good thing at their age i'm not saying that's a bad thing but just how like narrow they are on, on being happy and stuff like that yeah. it's just it's just great it's just great that's um, awesome, man. yeah and yeah so that that really helped me the 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 special needs ea work it's cool yeah so that was sort of the driving factor from there that's that's great yeah man. so um uh, sorry you go. i was just gonna say um yeah that's probably why i haven't finished my teaching degree yet <laughs> going on almost 10 years strong just because it's not the huge drive for me like it's just i i, I like doing it but i just want to be happy each day and that might you know make be making money to go travel and stuff yeah. like that so yeah and if you really think about it like it's taking you you're still doing your teaching degree this many years on afl players can take this long to finish a degree so you are sort of living the dream in a sense there you go your partner in crime uh will schofield finished a degree not too long ago so there you go there we go thanks so much for opening up on there man that's that's awesome um no i guess all left to say is what's sort of next for you so what's like your next goals that you've got to tick off um well yeah i really i'm 30 now and uh let me just check the date because I think it's you. Yeah, you will be 30 in a few days as well. Yeah, big 3A. Yeah, I need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, um, just I really want to enjoy and just explore in my 30s. So I'm going to, um, well, hopefully I'm going, I'm pretty sure I'm going to America to work on a camp next year and then I get to travel for a bit. So I'm looking to just, I'm looking just to really travel, just explore the world, finish my degree and um yeah, just enjoy the 30s. But we actually, uh, yeah, I do have one more project that I'm sort of working yes. on that you might um, be able to yes. talk a little so bit about as well. Something that you and me have been discussing and getting a bit of work on is um, our next goal that we're both sort of aiming for. We are looking to do our own show, our own podcast as of next year. Yeah, bring it on. Um, and this is the reason why I wanted to get you on today because... And thank you so much for opening up on all that stuff because now it sort of explains the concept of it all. You being a great athlete as a child but not quite making it. <laughs> Me being somewhat of a great athlete as a child, not quite making it. We always look back and say, what could have been? Yeah. So what did we think? The what could have been. The what could have been. The what could have been podcast will be dropping next year, co-hosted by both yourself and me. Yep. Um, which I'm excited about. Are you excited? I'm so excited, mate. I'm actually so excited. So, yeah, the concept of it is just for anyone that's sort of been in the same situation, whether it's sport, whether it's musician, whatever it might have been. You might have had a band you always wanted to be in, but you never quite worked out. That's sort of what we're going for. It's sort of like a instead of looking at it as 
oh, poor me, things have gone wrong. Let's make a bit of a laugh about it. Because yeah. what's the point of always being down? You may as well make fun of that situation to take away all the harm, really. Exactly. Everyone's got a story. Um, yeah. like, everyone can relate to that. Everyone's a what could have been. So, or, so yeah, let's just make a laugh of it because that's what life's about, ain't it? But, yeah, get the ball rolling on that will be our next sort of drive, I feel. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Like, try new things. Um, yeah, let's, let's just... See how it goes. And uh, I guess we should also mention we're lucky enough to have someone else on board with us. Uh, another Geraldton, Geraldton boy, Zane Amphlet, who will be helping us do all the producing side. Does that mean we call him Producer Zane? Producer Zane. It's got a good ring to it. Maybe. Like that just gives him too much authority. Yeah, he's going to come in here and start giving orders, yeah. though, which he would be doing anyway. But, but I mean, it's better to have someone else do it than us lead yeah, the way. absolutely. I'd rather him do it than me. Um, so. But yeah, we're honestly looking forward to that, having someone sort of guide us in a you and me, getting to work closer together. It's, it's great sort of that we can catch up again and do this stuff because it's, yeah, as you said, we fell apart for, we didn't fall apart, but our communication wasn't great for a long time there. And yep. And all on me, so thank you, brother. Oh, Thanks to both of us, mate. No, 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 I'm not pissed off, mate. I know <laughs> it was me. But yeah, I'm excited about doing this, and I'm excited to do it with you. We'll have some rolling guests in there as well. Anyone else that's interested in sort of jumping on to sort of say their part, share their ideas, by all means, we're all for it. But um, yeah, man, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, um, I'm so excited this, for it. This too. show won't be it won't be for us. It'll be for everyone out there in the same boat as us. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, thanks. That's all we've got really time for today, man. So thanks for thank having you. me on. Um, sorry, I do want to just quickly say I'm a bit disappointed I didn't get a WWE entrance theme when I came on the show as well. <laughs> that should have been the Do you first want me to try to edit that in earlier? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've been thinking of a song and there's no good one. So no, just <laughs> leave it out. We'll, um, we'll see what we can do for our, when we're doing our thing together. Yeah, hey, I like that. <laughs> Thanks so much for this, man. You, just like everyone else that jumps on, you're now officially make the Matt Mates podcast. Love it, love it. Thanks it's for having me, a good ring me, to it. And yeah. uh, I know you're not a beer, beer, beer drinker, but the kind people of Shelter have given us a bit of collection. You're going to have your choice of a Shelter Pale Ale, XBA, and Lager to take home with you. Take your choice. Make sure you say how much you love it, even though I know you're not a big beer drinker. I, actually, to be honest, I actually do like Shelter. So it's one of the few beers that I do like. So there you go. There we go. It all works out, doesn't it? Thanks so much for this, man. I'm that, looking forward to sharing this with everyone. No, thanks for having me on, man. And um, yeah, sorry for busting your ears for a little bit. And yeah, <laughs> just thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Matt and Mates podcast. If you enjoyed the show and feeling generous, you can like, follow or subscribe on our socials and whatever platform you're listening on. And for those wanting to go that bit further, you can leave a review and share with your friends and family as well. If you have any recommendations on guests, give feedback or advertise on the pod, flick an email to contact at mattandmates.com.au. Stay tuned for the next episode when it drops. And as always, I love you all. Wanna hear you?